Hello everyone and welcome to Hash Talk, a podcast exploring the best of blockchain in Asia. I'm your host Sankalp Shangari and this is our open source attempt to bring you the latest news, narrative and interviews with the best minds in blockchain and related technologies. So let's dive right in. Hey guys, uh, welcome again uh, to another exciting episode of uh, Hash Talk by Rising. Uh, we have a very special guest once again, close friend I would say, and who's been in this uh, crypto industry for for one of the longest times. Uh, an investor by heart, always has been. I want to learn more from him. I'm sure you guys want to learn more from him. Uh, uh, he's based in Dubai. Uh, his name is Pranav Sharma of Woodstock Fund, uh, one of the leading funds in crypto in in Middle East and Asia. Uh, they've been they've been uh, aggressively investing over the last few years, and one of the very few thesis-driven funds. Uh, we would want to learn more about that. Uh, Pranav, uh, hi, welcome to the show. How are you? Sankal, absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. I'm doing extremely well, enjoying the <laughs> heat of Dubai. Uh, amazing uh, i know i've been i've been there few times now this year and and it's getting extremely hot uh, but uh, uh, on the on the other hand for good reasons it's getting extremely hot in crypto so so why not start with that pranav i know you have a investment background and how how did you come into crypto with with your co-founders and and why start a fund immediately so sankalp uh, so i've been always uh, you know very excited about the abstract and sort of crystallizing it in, in, into more concrete stuff and that's probably the reason that when i was in corporate world in financial services for good 12 year, 12 years or so i was in private equity structured finance asset management offshore asset management i spent a lot of time um i was in uh, i was heading insurance in sme space these were all spaces which were like uh, open spaces wherein i was asked to execute on scale so that stayed with me so i was investing in personal capacity in fintech enterprise saas and i could see that they were all hitting a wall in some ways because of the ink incumbents were very strongly and deeply entrenched so this was uh, i would say about till 2015 2016 something interesting happened uh i discovered bitcoin uh this was uh, somewhere in mid of 2016 and for me the price was the was the least interesting feature but the most interesting part was that this was a framework that in my experience would create a participatory economy uh so i was like i want to be part of it and uh, then the idea was of course to put your money where your mouth is so i got couple of bitcoins and uh, then uh, as my team told me that pranav you have lost interest in what you are doing and you should follow your passion so by december uh, i decided to leave and uh, my first port of call and i think probably this angle is also important uh, was to go to kashi which is varanasi wow and sort uh, <laughs> of understand myself you know a lot more so me and my wife you know we both went there very mystical experience and what came out uh, as a synthesis from that uh, entire uh, trip uh, sojourn was that only two things matter one is financial well-being and second is wellness um and all i can say is that over a span of time that stayed i landed up you know supporting various startups investing into a bunch of them 
um, and made reasonable capital in personal capacity. There was no intent of starting a fund. But in 2019, 2018, mid, uh, landed a meeting with Himanshu and uh, with Rajesh. Uh, so Rajesh is a general counsel. Himanshu is general partner. He's founder of uh, co-founder of the uh, Woodstock Fund. And um, it was very clear that uh, there was a big, big gap in uh, blockchain space. It, it was being seen as uh, speculative, scammy, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, to an extent that, you know, even uh, one of my uh, uncles, you know, who is with the Intelligence Bureau, and he was like, uh, Pranav, what are you doing? <laughs> You're going to bring the <laughs> family name down. Yeah. We, we all so have anyway, such so, uncles. <laughs> we all have such uncles. <laughs> so when three of us, you know, we came together, I was like, we can build fully compliant structures and we can do this in a very structured way. So our focus was to become FATF compliant from the world go. Um, and then subsequently have a licensed fund. And that's how the Cayman structure happened. The idea was to make very few investments, largely with our own capital and some trusted investors. And from there, the journey took off to make about 75 investments in two funds and uh, spread across three geographies so far. Amazing, amazing. I, I know I've, I've met Himanshu a few times and I've uh, heard the longer version of his story as well or, uh, from the solar side to, to the investment side. Uh, it's it's really wonderful uh, that that you chose this path, uh, and 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 fast forward to today. Uh, I think the audience would love to know what Woodstock Fund is doing. Uh, what are you really investing in? So that if anybody wants to reach you or us through you, uh, that they, they, they should be aware. So Sankalp, uh, as you mentioned very early on, we are thesis driven. And uh, we have one of those funds that put out our thesis on our website. So yeah. it sort of, you know, identifies that there are three macro themes that you're very bullish on that will shape up the entire civilization or I would say the entire world in this decade. So the first one is convergence. So that means convergence of uh, technologies, cultures. In that context, uh, uh, layer ones, layer twos, as in blockchains, multi, I would say multipolar world, but also multi-chain world, right? So, you know, so that's one convergence is one theme that uh, we strongly believe in uh, and we have, uh, we are committed towards even from an investing perspective. Uh, and in the context of blockchain, as I mentioned, it is uh, layer one, layer two, which is uh, uh, software infrastructure and physical infrastructure would be your uh, custodians, payment, gateways, etc. The second one is financialization. Uh, and there's so much of liquidity which has been pumped into the markets for the past few years that it is creating uh, liquid uh, micro markets. Like, for example, NFTs. I, I think very few people a few years back thought about NFTs gaining so much of attention and liquidity, right? Uh, so um, many more such things will come in times to come. And of course, there are other micro markets which are getting created around tokenized uh, assets and so on and so forth. So this is about financialization of any and every asset. So that's the second theme. So in that context, we have DeFi, tokenization, and some infrastructure plays. Um, the third is virtualization, which is where Sankal, for example, gaming you have been focused on. But, uh, you know, our, our very simple thought, you know, there is that uh, uh, essentially the real world and the virtual world will become a continuum. And we already see that happening. And in that context, you know, those bridges and uh, those infrastructure pieces will play a phenomenal role. And of course, gaming, because it lands up creating that uh, world that we will want to participate in, whether it is casual games or AAA games, and the relevant infrastructure will become 
extremely valuable over a, over a span of time. Um, so yeah, so these are the three buckets and these are uh, broad level three themes. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, I know, uh, again, because I've spoken to both of you and I know a bit about Woodstock Fund, um, for, for, for the fear of, you know, shilling ourselves as rising capital and rising studios, uh, you know, I've never done it on the podcast, but but you are right. Uh, we are we are focused a lot on infrastructure and gaming, but we are also pretty much uh, uh, thesis driven. But our thesis largely are driven from the macro environment that we live in, the liquidity circles that we move in. Uh, I I still feel crypto is very much at its uh, infancy when it comes to. Uh, uh, delivering re- real products and and really out, outstanding uh, exits for for investors. Uh, uh, from that 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 point of view, we are, we are also heavily investing in DeFi and and protocols, uh, but but largely on the infrastructure side because because uh, that seems to me uh, a very much obvious best uh, bet. Uh, but moving on, uh, Pranav, uh, very, very glad to have covered the past. Uh, I want to move to the present now. Uh, uh, what What is happening in Dubai? I know you're based there. Uh, you moved your base there a few years ago. Uh, most of your team is there. Uh, and a lot of excitement. Uh, there, there, there are two parts to this coin where, where half the world thinks there's no real developer progress. Uh, and the other half thinks that... Uh, so, Sankalp, uh, there are multiple ways to put it across uh, as to why Dubai, right? Um, so, let's, you know, take a geopolitical cut. Uh, so, what's happening in the U.S. is uh, there is tremendous stress internally. And I was just looking at one statistic that uh, one, in, 1 in 40 people uh, under the age of 40... Uh, die for various reasons. And these are not medical reasons. These are reasons like uh, gun violence, uh, drug overdose, or, you know, could be uh, things like uh, road rage or accidents, etc. So so basically, so what I'm saying is that uh, that's terrible, right? Uh, That's unfortunate and that's terrible. And uh, especially people who are in in US right now, even US citizens, they mentioned about uh, the kind of uh, stress that the civilization and even the economy is facing. And we also see a lot of these numbers coming out, um, which are very different from the numbers that are being published by the Fed. Um, And what's happening in crypto is in many ways uh, a symptomatic of a very protectionist government coming in. So I'm not saying that it is right or wrong. I'm just saying that every civilization goes through a cycle. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so, so you know what we are seeing is that uh, the action is uh, gradually shifting from the west to the east. Right. Now, east and west are uh, two different sides of the globe. Right. So, you require a geographical vantage point, and uh, Dubai slash UAE slash Gulf you know, offers that vantage point. But in, let's say you can execute in the east, you can also execute in the west. While you have the comfort and the necessary infrastructure, which keeps you grounded. And when I say infrastructure, it is not only physical infrastructure, which is extremely critical, extremely robust, a brilliant infrastructure that we see here in Dubai. But it is also the regulatory infrastructure, which sort of creates an open space for you to experiment and, uh, and sort of you know, scale and create some sort of like a regional or a global hub. 
So why am I saying a regional or a global hub is that, uh, as you mentioned, that it is not a, a space, place where you have a lot of developers. Uh, but what I'm increasingly seeing is that uh, various talented people from the West and even from the East who are either ex-founders or I'm just saying, let's say if you are like a CTO of Spotify or somebody, you're just you know, moving here with your family because you're finding this much more conducive for various reasons. Uh, taxation also plays a very important role. Uh, and uh, I was telling somebody that somebody has to write a, you know, some sort of a thesis or research paper that if there is a local, regional, or even a global black swan, the biggest beneficiary is, uh, you know, Gulf slash UAE slash Dubai. So, so, so this is where we are right now. And you clearly see this happening, wherein uh, even Coinbase has also, uh, you know, in, in some ways, you know, moved their uh, uh, rep office here. I'm not saying they have moved their base yet. It's, it's sort of in transition in that context. Binance is already here. A bunch of funds are already here. Um, and, uh, and, you know, things are only becoming uh, brighter and much more robust. One thing which I want to highlight is that my conversations with uh, the regulators, which is, let's say, ADGM as well as VARA, have been very uh, smooth and very easygoing, and which is which is which is uh, which is something which I deeply respect. Uh, it sort of reminds me of MAS in Singapore, wherein let's say you can engage with the regulators effectively, and you can see some changes uh, which make complete sense uh, for the growth of the economy and protection of the consumer base, etc. And this is the same ethos which at least I see here. Uh, which is being uh, executed. So if I sort of look uh, at this, you know, few years down the line, my thought process is that all the leading indicators are in place. And the lagging indicators are the other kind of talent, which is developers you know, sort of coming here. I think there are en enough incentives in place. Probably in the next, you know, two to three years, uh, that will also... Amazing. Um, last week, we had we had Suck from Crypto Oasis uh, here on our show. And and uh, uh, he he was also very positive, uh, exactly the way that you described, uh, and also more so on how supportive the entire government has been. Not just crypto; they 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 absolutely want to push advancement in every field uh, in in UAE, and and from Dubai they are also now building out other hubs. Uh, but then we had another guest. Uh, we have not released the podcast yet, which, which would be out in a day or two. But uh, uh, who, who was more worried on the on the inactivity or or uh, non availability of real builders in in UAE? What, what do you have to say about that? So, Sankalp, uh, you know, your both your uh, previous guests are absolutely right. Uh, so I think what Shakra is mentioning about is at a, let's say, 36,000 feet view uh, in terms of the various components coming together. And what the other guest, you know, that you mentioned about is mentioning about this more granular grassroots level reality, which is currently uh, pervasive. So what's happening, and in my opinion, what's, you know, a better model uh, today is not to think of what uh, Dubai slash UAE lacks, but what it has as positives and capitalizing on it. So what I mean by that is you can have a, you know, a business set up here, whether it is a startup, and you can have your back office in, uh, let's say, India, or you can have your back office, let's say, in Egypt, for example, right, or Turkey. So those kind of models, you know, make sense based upon whether you are a startup in space tech, or let's say, in AI, or let's say you are in 
pure operational play or you are in blockchain space right depends upon what is your personal model there at the same time you can have uh, business uh, development representatives in some other gcc countries you can have somebody in the west and that kind of a model you know operating model seems to be gaining a lot of ground right now so my personal opinion is that uh, there's no point in uh, talking about things that the middle east does not have i think every country has their own sweet spots it's it's very important that you know the existing strengths uh, are applied upon and personally uh, sankalp all i can share is that i've been in the region for a while and as you may guess you know i'm not a local here i am not even a citizen here i'm a resident here but um, i feel at home you know from a, uh, from from various perspective and uh, i think you can build you know scalable businesses with you know some sort of like a, a hub and spoke model from here great great uh, i i think that that there was our our conclusion as well yesterday when we spoke to him that that builders can be based anywhere in this in this new world and and as long as there's a jurisdiction that is supporting that overall development uh, uh, and, and welcoming you Uh, like you said this place is welcoming uh, uh, n- nothing like it uh, moving on pranav uh, uh, what uh, what is the biggest opportunity that you see in crypto today uh, like you said uh, the convergence of technologies in your thesis uh, crypto ai metaverse uh, uh, kind of converging and then the then the larger uh, world problems of of climate change of healthcare uh, etc etc and then the entire geopolitical mess uh, around us uh, and and the trust that is kind of losing by the day in in the governments and the politicians uh, where do you see the biggest opportunity for the next 12 months and and beyond i i think sankalp we are all on the same page and not because we are insiders in crypto space like you and me <laughs> Uh, that uh, we root for uh, this space i i think fundamentally you are right there is a trust deficit in the existing uh, centralized systems and that trust deficit uh, cannot be addressed by uh, you know strengthening those systems because i think that time has gone right uh, they are on decline that means that people want to either trust themselves or they want to trust you know uh, systems which are not centralized very simple it's zero one right and that from that zero one perspective definitely if you want to trust yourself it's about strengthening yourself about empowering yourself learning new things technology uh, philosophy etc etc i'm just saying history and and so on and so forth right but it is also about you know being part of the systems which can't be compromised so blockchain gives you that kind of uh, possibility right so that's that's fundamentally happening i i think nobody disagrees on this even the governments also agree on this right um second thing which is happening is that in this the same context is that uh, it's also threatening the incumbents which is which is a uh, which is a very natural phenomena and uh, it is happening on a massive scale so uh, it is creating a space wherein uh, the new power structures are emerging uh, people who had no capital are becoming extremely rich that means they will also participate in the economy in a very different way and these kind of shifts are never historically at least have never happened uh, without bloodshed right so i'm not saying that we'll see bloodshed but definitely the stress will be there you know uh, for significant time before the shift happens so this shift may take another 3 4 5 years or it may take let's say another 10 years 
So that's purely from the perspective of, let's say, Bitcoin, Ethereum, etc. in terms of people trusting public blockchains and public networks. The second part is there are a lot of interesting uh, uh, components which are getting built and a lot of interesting applications which are getting built on top of it. So when I say components like middleware, now middleware also have to become institutional grade, like indexing, oracles, or let's say uh, decentralization uh, that no yeah. spinning, you know, interfaces, etc. Or let's say uh, uh, you can say uh, bedrocks, uh, which will on which games can be built very easily by independent game developers. So these this, these infrastructures have to become consumer grade. Within technically, it is just a question of integrating APIs or let's say doing some basic coding, or you know just you know layering on top of uh, it you know some existing web two place and sort of taking it forward. So there's a lot of work which is happening in this area, and I'm sure a lot of value discovery will happen in this area. Um, you touched upon climate change and. Uh, various other things, I would add to it real world asset tokenization as well. So rather than sort of, you know, creating liquidity uh, within the crypto space and which is dependent upon Bitcoin fundamentally, um, I think there is a real effort around sort of transmigrating the existing liquidity in real world assets and creating liquidity out of illiquid assets in uh, real world space. And I think uh, that will bring in more sustainable liquidity into crypto slash, you know, blockchain space. My personal view is even CBDCs also will make access to these, uh, uh, I would say, tokens and cryptocurrencies and these applications much more easier. Because uh, one of the things that uh, governments are concerned about is uh, money laundering and you know, terrorist activity, etc. So in that context, they will have better surveillance and better visibility on what's happening with the funds of their citizen. Um, I'm personally very excited about, you know, gaming and metaverse. Uh, it uh, it has various, people look at it in various ways. In very simple way, from a virtualization thesis perspective, we see it as continuum of uh, real world and uh, the uh, digital world. Um, and I think that is happening at a clipping pace, especially because the data has become so cheap, processing capacity uh, is in the hands of mo like mobile phones are in uh, hand of you know consumers, and now these variables are also coming out, which seem to be you know getting uh, cheaper uh, as you know things go by. Com Computer is becoming so cheap, uh, games are becoming easily accessible. I was looking at PlayStation Five. I have a PlayStation Five, and I, I look at you know the, the games that they announce every month. Yeah, and they're just going on, on the on on a downward spiral of practically making every game free. That that's where things are heading, right? Triple A games I'm talking about. Yeah. So so that means that gaming is becoming more accessible to masses. So these are very interesting times. Absolutely, absolutely. I I I pretty much agree on everything. Uh, what you said, Pranav. Um, Pranav, uh, you 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 are a VC. You meet so many founders all the time. Uh, you're also meeting a lot of LPs. Uh, I have two questions uh, for you here. One, where do you see the single biggest misalignment between a VC and a founder? Okay, so if I can like put my hand on my heart, I think most of the founders are first time founders, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, when they got into the space, they just looked at one part, maybe technology or maybe yeah. larger than life opportunity. Um, and they were like, let me start off, let me get money and let me see how this evolves. Right. Um, I don't think uh, most of them appreciated the complexity of uh, operating and scaling in a global world. 
right? Uh, I don't think uh, most of them uh, had the wherewithal of understanding what kind of cost and what kind of resources, even people resources it takes to, uh, you know, achieve uh, their objectives. So I think I think the space is going through some stress from that point of view. And that stress brings about the stress between the founders and the investors, whether this is a, I mean, and there's a spectrum. So this stress could be an expectation mismatch at the base. And at the extreme end, it could be some sort of litigious, you know, kind of uh, lit- lit- litigation kind of a situation, uh, which could happen. Um, so, so this is one thing which I'm seeing. And, and personally, I believe that this had to happen at some point for the space to mature and the next generation of uh, startups to emerge in this space. Increasingly, what I'm seeing is that uh, more mature founders who, are, who have done a lot of spade work uh, responding in a way that they are very clear about the operating model and the viability of their business and how they will retain the team, how they will contractually align so that they don't get into regulatory situations uh, upfront. And uh, that, in my opinion, is the next level of uh, growth of the space. So there is the other stress that happens is that uh, the founders uh, land up issuing, let's say, tokens or let's say equity, and they and and they want an investor to sort of be thinking like a founder and uh, keeping uh, all of these assets, you know, uh, with them for like a significant period of time. I, I think uh, there is an expectation mismatch there that the role of an investor is to invest when nobody is wanting to put money. And for taking that risk at that stage, they deserve certain rewards, which would be disproportionate based upon the success of that founder and the company, right? So there is, there has been a little bit of an expectation mismatch, and it also comes from the ethos of community, uh, which which have which I generally appreciate and understand. But now things are coming to a certain balance where founders are saying that it's fine that if you sell or if you go through a secondary sale and equity side because your duration of your fund could be a constraint or your exit clause and various other things could be constrained based upon what your LPs, uh, you know, specific ask are, and we are willing to accommodate. So that level of understanding from the founders emerging. And I found, and I find this very, uh, you can say, I'm very happy that these conversations are also happening, you know, between the founders and the investors. Absolutely. Uh, I, I want to add uh, another aspect to this, Pranav, and that is that is uh, tech versus sales. Uh, most of the founders, especially in crypto, are very, very tech-oriented because without tech in gaming, tech in infrastructure, tech in layers, tech in scaling, uh, uh, you cannot be a founder to begin with. Uh, the very few guys on the on the marketing side who would come up or, or some other profession who would, who would be crypto founders today, uh, and and be funded, uh, and that I have seen is is a big mismatch when it comes to uh, building a company versus an investor expecting uh, for them to show some sales. Uh, also, I, I've seen most of these founders, like you said, are are, are very new to this Web three game and and still haven't seen how a token is really op- operated. Uh, I, I use the word operated because because it's not as uh, simple as it looks. Uh, there, there's so many nuisances involved, which which sometimes the investor is much better placed to to help them out. Uh, uh, so so that creates uh, what you said is stress. That stress obviously leads to those misalignments. Uh, if if you were to give one 
piece of advice or, or let me put it this way uh, what what's the biggest mistake you see founders making repeatedly that you would like to uh, li- like them to avoid at all costs and even let's say contractually also the rights and the obligations that you know they have or somebody else have how an effective communication can be structured i th- i think this whole space is sort of uh, uh, waking up you know from being a bro culture to actually realizing that there is real money involved and there are real people with real talent who are putting real time uh, on both the sides or on all the sides and it is very important to find some sort of a semblance you know in terms of how uh, value can be created together so 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 if i may put it very simply for audience to understand i would say communication and my personal advice would be that uh, you know build trust and if you know if the need be over communicate right um it never it, it it always goes long way as an investor pranav how do you approach a situation where uh, a startup wants to pivot and 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 most of them want to and rightly so which is which is i i totally am with i've been a startup founder few times uh, pivoting is is right but as an investor or let's say one of the leading investors in that company uh, how would you like your your founders to to communicate that with you or or approach a situation where where a, a promised product is not working so sankal uh, here i will probably have the web to hat or the traditional fund hat yeah yeah and i would say that you know come 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 to me with an operating model and what are the resources which are needed for making that work and what are the projections for making this happen and let's have a, a very open conversation about it and if that makes sense then uh, pivot is 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 the right thing to do so very open architecture very open minded uh, very first principle thinking but for that uh, some basics have to be on the table for that conversation to be uh, you know uh, i would say productive absolutely pranav you know for that um... we have a huge support team at rising cause cause we have a venture building arm as well rising studios uh, where we have six people just just dedicated to each aspect of of a company building and and uh, and uh, we we would love to happy to even even you know coordinate with other funds like yourself to to see where we can add value for not not just our portfolio companies but but if if you ever need help your companies need help our, our door is always open uh, uh, again been there done that so many times we we understand the pain very happy to collaborate with you sir kalpa i mean this this is like we have already invested in one company together and i've i've always enjoyed your ethos and your uh, uh, value system thank you sir thank you pranav we're going to move to a last uh, round which is which is my favorite round uh, we call it the quick fire round i'm going to ask you a one liner question and i'm going to expect a one liner answer in return let me try my best all right let's let's go in what is that one project that you have very high hopes for uh, it could be in your portfolio or outside of it in our portfolio covalent amazing amazing i've been reading those things and i've been seeing it it's it's uh, i think i think uh, it's it's going to be a great product in the long run i'm i'm with you on that uh next question not going to hold you for it and and uh, everyone listening this is not investment advice 
Pranav, yes. what is your year-end forecast for Bitcoin and Ethereum for end of 2023? So I would be, I'm just saying maybe 35 on the positive side, in the range of 35 to 25. Uh, you, you you said a very good thing. Uh, you know, I write a lot on macro and and uh, I've been I've been advocating for a few days and weeks now, defense mode on. Uh, I see liquidity okay. tightening as as Treasury fills up their coffers again. Uh, VIX is already rising, risen from like eighteen ish to twenty one, uh, yep. and and we are we are just at peak of everything: peak rates, yep. peak inflation, peak uh, peaks to the Nasdaq. Uh, you know, uh, uh, just just seems overdone very quickly. So I'm with you on that. I think there's a little more stress for next six months. Uh, but then next year is election year. Next year is Bitcoin halving. Next year is hopefully quantitative easing, <laughs> and and that is that is when the bulls return. A thought leader, Pranav, uh, in 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 this crypto industry that you look up to or or aim to be like. For example, Yatsu, I I like him for his very grounded perspective on uh, metaverse. He has a very bold vision, and uh, but at the same time, very grounded perspective. And the way he has turned around the company. Uh, from practically, you know, being delisted, you know, from Australian Stock Exchange and Hong Kong Stock Exchange to where it is now, and still unfolding that vision is very brave, and uh, you know, I, I respect his views a lot. Uh, that's on the metaverse side. Um, I personally, uh, I would say that um, um, I read, I like Masari reports, I like uh, Blockworks, you know, uh, their work. Uh, is also uh, very good in terms of you know some original pieces that they write, very thought provoking. Uh, but any individual, if I do, I follow any individual. I don't. I just you know skim through uh, Twitter once in a while. But I but I read on specific subjects. You know that makes sense to me. I hope I'm being uh, gentle enough. You know, no, it's not brushing. No, Pranav, that's the talented people who put so much of time. That's. That's very genuine answer. Uh, you know, all the names that you mentioned, uh, Yat, I know, you know, he's, he's very humble every time you meet him. Uh, and and uh, same for Ryan at Masari. Uh, and, and and obviously the block guys are, are amazing. Uh, 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 but 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 fair answer, very fair answer. I think I think in crypto, you can't follow one person anyways. There's so much going on at every point in time. Um, Pranav, you are a crypto guy. What are your top three D apps that you use or or you you love? I think it would be MetaMask for sure. Uh, if that is that can be called as an app. Yep. Uh, yep. The other one would be, of course, Binance. You know, uh, whether you're retail or you know whether you're larger you know, institutional investors, Binance would be used by you. Um, I think third would be uh, probably from a custody perspective, you know, let's say we use Fireblocks, you know, we like the interface and we like you know, what they've built. But uh, hopefully soon we'll start using one of our portfolio companies for custody as well. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, it's the meme coin season. Which is your favorite meme coin? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So all I can say is that I'm not an NFT or a meme coin guy. Uh, 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 but you know, personally, I like on-chain monkey team. Um, I, uh, you know, maybe in this part of the world, you know, not not many many people follow them. But I like their ethos. Their ethos are more in terms of you know social good. Very good, very good. I'll allow everyone to check this out. Uh, there might be some alpha for you here, Pranav. I'm going to give you a break now with one last question. 
And the last question is that you can ask me one last question. Okay, so Sankal, why are you doing what you're doing and when will you hang your boots? Very good question, uh, Pranav, very good. I've, I've been in crypto for 10 years and I already hung my boots once in in uh, 2018 19 uh, uh, when i when i sold my uh, crypto ventures and and also had a had a big health scare at that time and and i hung my boots for for a year year and a half but like yourself you went to kashi i went into books and and read a lot and and spent a lot of time with with family and came to two conclusion uh, health most important no matter what uh, i'm 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 touchwood at, at the most healthy uh, phase of my life today and and wow. a second uh, like you said uh, financial well being uh, uh, and that uh, uh, resounds very well with me that that you know so so i did hang my boots but uh, but i realized that as a as an individual i get happiness in working i enjoy working i enjoy the pain of a startup i enjoy building new things uh, if i'm not doing that i am i'm miserable so so to answer your question i don't think i'm going to ever hang my boots totally <laughs> uh, uh, i'm uh, from an operator i have mellowed down to an investor and that too i'm building a strong uh, team and a strong uh, a platform where I can hand over to other guys and go to a more uh, a subtle role. Uh, but I I also think that there is one more startup left in me yet, and that might be taking shape soon before the next bull run. Uh, but but no no hanging boots for me. Not planned. Not want. Sankalp, it seems as if you are sharing my story. Huh? <laughs> there is so much of similarity and you know it's yeah. funny that we're discovering this in a podcast uh, <laughs> and you know just to like just to like you know add one thing here is that i have this theory about uh, being indispensable when you start up something uh, because ultimately it is about responsibility getting it off the ground etc but being dispensable uh, in let's say 3 years so typically it takes 2 years to get anything to a certain point and now 3 years to yeah. stabilize and after that, I want to become dispensable. So I am that kind of person. After that, I want to once again start on a journey by taking a higher level of problem and uh, becoming once again indispensable and then architecting to become uh, dispensable over the next three years. Amazing, sir. Same, same here, Pranav. Uh, and and it's, it's really been a good uh, podcast today with you. Thank you so much for being here. Really, really, really appreciate. Uh, say hello to the team, Imanchu uh, uh, and all. And, and look forward to seeing you in Singapore or Dubai very soon. Looking forward. Thank you very much. And as always, guys, remember, this is not financial advice by any means. And please do your own research before investing in crypto or any other financial asset. Have a great day.